Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number one of Genesis chapter 10. We're going to be reading from verse 1, Genesis 10, and beginning in verse 1. Now, these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and unto them were sons born after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tyrus. And the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Ripheth, and Togerma, and the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, every one after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. And the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mizraim, and Put, and Canaan. And the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and Septa, and Raama and Septicha, and the sons of Raama, Sheba, and Dedan. I'll stop reading there. Now, in this passage, we basically have a genealogy, and it will continue on for most of the chapter, as we'll be getting ready to get back into the discussion of the biblical calendar of history in the next chapter. Here God is just telling us of the sons of Japheth and the sons of Ham, and he's not giving us so much timelines. Uh, we're, we're not told how long uh, an individual lived, how many years he lived. But in Genesis chapter 11, the Lord will pick that up once again. So we'll be able to continue the calendar that we followed in Genesis 5 to Noah. And then Noah in his 600th year, the flood came in the year 4990 BC. And now we, we saw at the end of the previous chapter in Genesis 9 verses 28 and 29 that Noah lived 350 years after the flood. The biblical calendar of history does not follow Noah uh, for that 350 years, but it, it follows his children, one of his sons. And so we'll pick that up in the next chapter. But in this passage and throughout most of uh, chapter 10, God is giving us information concerning some of the sons of Ham and Japheth and Shem and, you know, it's uh, not easy reading, and and sometimes we don't feel that we learn that many things. But one thing is for sure, that we can see that once again, um, after the flood, after Noah and his family came out of the ark and settled on dry ground, that they were obedient to God's command to multiply, replenish the earth, 
and they began to reproduce, to have children. Now, one way that a chapter like this is very helpful is that it allows us to see some of the descent or the historical background of certain nations in the Bible that we read about again and again. For instance, in Genesis 10, there are references to nations that are mentioned hundreds of times later on in the Bible. And we can track the beginning of that nation to Shem, Ham, or Japheth. For instance, here in uh, Genesis 10, in verse 2, it says the sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Mattai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tyrus. And in verse 3, in the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Ripheth, and Togerma. Now, where do we find those names? We actually find some of those names in a very interesting place in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 38. It says, beginning in verse 1, And the word of Jehovah came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Now, in verse 2, we see Magog, and in Genesis 10, verse 2, one of the sons of Japheth was Magog. Not only that, but notice that it mentions Tubal. Also in Genesis 10, verse 2, the sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Mattai, and Javan, and Tubal. So we see that two of the nations that are related or identified with Gog and Magog, Magog, that nation, relates back to Japheth. It goes on to say in verse 3 of Ezekiel 38, and say, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Now that um, Meshach also is mentioned in Genesis 10, verse 2. So we have Magog, Tubal, and Meshach, three of the sons of Japheth. And the Lord goes on to say in verse 5 of Ezekiel 38, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togermah, of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with thee. Gomer also is a son of Japheth. That's listed in Genesis 10 verse 2. Gomer, Magog, Tubal, and Meshach. All identified with Gog and Magog. One other thing I'd like to mention about verse 2 is Mattai or Mattai, um another son of Japheth, is uh, number 4074 in Strong's Concordance, and it is the same uh, number 
that is used for the word Medes. When we read of the Medes and the Persians, this is the same word. Madii is really uh, the Medes, and, and you could pencil that in there, probably help to fit it with other scriptures. And, and so we do see that five out of the seven sons of Japheth that are listed have significant roles to play in the scripture. And actually, most of them have negative roles to play because they identify with Gog and Magog. And just to remind us in Revelation chapter 20 concerning Gog and Magog, it says in verse 7, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Once Satan is loosed or was loosed at the beginning of the end of time, May 21, in the year 1988, he began to rule over the nations of the world in a way like he never had before. And that's when he begins to lead, as it were, Gog and Magog um, over the four quarters of the earth, indicating it's a worldwide universal rule of Satan over everyone in an unprecedented manner that does not have their name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. They, uh, they, they are not God's elect. And, and so Magog is a picture of those that Satan rules over and really is um, identifying with the nations of the world. Well, uh, so it's the same with Gomer. Uh, in verse 3 of Genesis 10, in the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Ripheth, and Togrima. And we saw in Ezekiel 38, verse 6, in that chapter that was speaking of Gog and Magog, that Gomer and Togrima were mentioned. And what we now have learned is is why it says in that verse, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togrima, of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with thee. Because Gomer is the father of Togerma. And, and, and so they, uh, they're spoken of, um, together. Well, it goes on to say in verse four in the sons of Javan, Elishan, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. And we recognize Tarshish because the Bible speaks of the ships of Tarshish and Jonah, when when he fled, was fleeing to Tarshish. And it's a merchant city with merchant vessels, and those ships identify with the corporate church. And God speaks of destroying the ships of Tarshish, which would point to the judgment upon the corporate church. In verse 5 in Genesis 10, It says, by these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. Now, here in verse 5, the Lord is sort of giving a look ahead 
into what will come that we'll read about in later passages um, uh, concerning the division of the earth at, at this point in history after the flood and even before the flood. Uh, but it's in the same condition after the flood. The earth or the land mass was one enormous continent. Uh, there, there was no um, breaking up of the continents. The, the, the land or the earth was one earth with water all around. And it was uh, in the days of Peleg, uh, as it says in verse 25 of Genesis 10, And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg. For in his days was the earth divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. It was in the time of Peleg that God divided the earth. He caused ruptures. He caused land masses to break apart and to begin to um, slide across the sea. And scientists even speak of continental shifts. Um, and Lord willing, we'll talk about that more when we get down to verse 25 and read of the earth being divided in, in the time of Peleg. Right now, though, uh, God again is given advance picture of this. By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands. And this would be a good verse to prove that isles in the Bible has to do with continents. The continents are surrounded by water and so are actually very large islands. And you can really see that with Australia, but but it's the case with all the continents. All continents are surrounded by water, and so God speaks of them as isles. The isles of the Gentiles... The Hebrew word translated as Gentiles is nations. It's the same word. So we could read that. The isles of the nations divided in their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. Now, in Genesis chapter 11, in the beginning of that chapter, we're also going to read about the confusion of tongues, where God divided man's language. It was the Lord's purpose to cause separation so that man could not have one large community as one continent would have allowed, and man could not have one language. Why would God do this? Well, we'll discuss that more also. When we get to chapter 11 and, and some of the reasons why the Lord would do that. But for now, we can just understand that it was to slow down man's progress to keep it in a path or along a certain timeline. It was God's plan at the time of the end or as we neared the time of the end to sort of reverse the Tower of Babel, and we do find today that 
language barrier is a far less problem than it's that it's been since the Tower of Babel, and also instant communication and speedy modes of travel that we have today has done much to reverse the division of the continents where mankind has come together in a way that they haven't been able to do since there was one large landmass and since there was only one language and and so the effects that the division of the continent and and the division of languages in the days of Peleg and and at the Tower of Babel have been reversed as we have reached the time of the end. But one thing we can uh, take note of here in Genesis 10, verse 5, as it says, I'll read it again, by these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands. And again, we're aware of that. We, we realize the earth was divided in the days of Peleg. Everyone after his tongue, and we're aware of that also, that the Lord confounded language at the Tower of Babel. But then it also says, after their families in their nations. And this is something I don't think we've um, looked at all that much or thought about. And, and that is that when the Lord confounded the languages at the Tower of Babel, um, and it was probably close to, if not the same time, or right around the same time as the division of the continents, that God did not uh, cause one family, let's say a, a certain family of parents and children, where the parents, one parent, uh, the, the father speaks um, Hebrew and, and the mother speaks uh, Arabic, and and their children speak different languages. No, God, when he confounded the languages, he wanted separation. Uh, his intent was for all those that spoke a certain language to gather together and and to go off into another direction. Then others that spoke another language and they would separate one from another because they couldn't understand each other. And and then when the continents were divided, some would go towards Africa, others would go towards um, North South America, and and there there would result this division or spreading out of the human race where mankind could not communicate easily with one another, or reach one another easily. Uh, there was difficulty now in these things that were previously simple, but now it was much harder. And so the Lord, of course, is very wise, and he realized that if he divided the tongues of parents from their children or a husband from the wife, that they would still stay together. The, the family would still stay together and, and they would work to learn the other's language. And so he didn't do that. It says here that God 
after dividing the lands and everyone after his tongue, also divided them after their families in their nations. So the, the clan, um, the, the Lord would not break apart the immediate family, nor the clan, the near relatives. He kept them all intact that they would all speak Chinese or, or they would all speak whatever language. And, and so the family itself could understand each other and that just made it much more likely that uh, this separation would take place. And, and as long as it, it didn't impact, uh, the communication within the family, then they would have been much more willing uh, to to leave um, maybe that other clan that that they had uh, some dealings with that was uh, a few miles down the road, and and now they spoke another language and and they just couldn't communicate with them. It, it was very uncomfortable and difficult. So the one family clan now gathers together over here, and that other family felt the same way. They gathered together with those of like speech, and the separation that God intended was now ready. It was now ready, and 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 now uh, the Lord could divide the continents, and these people were ready to travel in, in the sense that God would bring them um, across the sea and and um, you know when well again we'll we'll talk about continental shifts or movement of the continents when we get to that point but for now it is interesting and significant that we realize that God very carefully he he didn't do this um, spur of the moment. And without thinking it through, of course, God doesn't do anything that way. But, uh, but he used great wisdom and he, he determined, I want to pull apart mankind and, and I want to separate people. So it will not be so easy for them. They will not be able to so quickly advance and and progress um, in understanding in the development of things it, it also of course set the stage for nation to uh, to struggle against nation now after a while you would have one nation over here that spoke uh, a particular language another nation speaking a second language and a third nation, a, a third language. And, and when there's a, a difficulty or inability to communicate, then you can have disputes and, and you can have arguments about territory, um, and, and what we see in the nations of the world today. They very jealously guard their boundary lines and, and uh the, this is my land and 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 yet they um you know the french um speaking to the chinese they they just 
had difficulty understanding one another, and I'm just picking languages. I'm not saying that's the case. And that would lead to trouble, and there would be warfare between nations that previously were of one blood, one family. We all came from Shem, Ham, Japheth, from Noah. We we can trace our lineage back to them, as well as to Adam. And yet this brought about, again, this um, severe separation that that set one nation apart from another nation. And one thing that disputes and wars have done is to hold back mankind from progressing, from advancing in certain areas. And, and so God again had his reasons and his purposes for doing this in order that things happen in their set time. Everything has a time and a season. Everything according to God's timetable. And, and so, um, the Lord took steps early on, right after the flood. Well, a little, not too long after the flood, let's say, to make sure that mankind would not advance too quickly and, and get ahead of God's timetable. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.